0: Hey guys, how's it going? It's Russ and Jane. Welcome to today's show. And today we're going to be talking about fear and doubt and indecisiveness. And more than anything else, guys, these are the things that we see kill people's businesses all the time. We always like to think that the reason we're not succeeding is because we don't have the right strategy. And a lot of the time that's true, you know, because a lot of the strategies that are being taught out there just really aren't very good. But you can have the best strategy in the world And if you don't deal with what's holding you back mentally, you're never going to execute on it. And as we look at all the people in our different groups and on our lists and even the clients that we work with sometimes, we find that you know, many, many, many times, even when we give them a really incredible strategy and we solve that problem, that part of the problem goes away, people still stay stuck in paralysis and in fear and in in indecision until we go in and and, and sort of get them out of it. So it's the kind of thing where – it can really cost you a lot it can cost you you know everything in your business if you're stuck and you're paralyzed and you're stuck in indecision it's not going to work if you know what you need to do and you've made a decision but you can't follow through on it it's going to it's going to you know sabotage your success and if you're actually going out there and you're making progress and you're 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 taking steps but you don't know how to deal with setbacks and challenges and you know deal with them in an intelligent way so that you stay resourceful that's going to kill your business too so, thankfully, thank God, we have the best mindset and personal development coach on the planet here on our team and clients on demand, Ms. Jane Jules. So today we're going to be talking about um, how to deal with some of those things and how to stop them from from sabotaging your business. What's up, JJ? Hey,
1: hello everyone. Um so I think that this is such an important conversation that it always has to be at the forefront because like we talked about previously, fear and doubt and uncertainty—it never really goes away. It's like one of those things that you're constantly having to move through, like all of the time, you know. Especially when you're about to embark on anything new, and I think what it's important to to understand to begin with is that doubt and uncertainty—what that does is it paralyzes you from taking action, and when you don't take action, you're just sitting in that uncertainty even more. So, um, interesting, I just had a conversation with a girlfriend right before uh, we we came on here and she decided that she wants to move. And I think it's such a great, metaphor for even, you know, thinking about any time that you're in that doubt and uncertainty is that you suffer in the not knowing. You suffer in not making a decision. Because the truth is, is that once you make a decision, now you can be in action. It's the lack of making a decision that has you feel unease, that has you feel doubt, and that has you suffer. So it's like, you know, and in fact, I did this for a while, Russ, uh, for like two years. I was like, I should, I just want to get out of here. I want to move from New England. I want to go back to California. And it's like, you know, I like took all the pictures off my walls, you know, and like started painting and getting things ready. And then it was like, oh, but my kids are here. they like love where they go to school and they go to sports. They're in amazing schools. And it's like that suffering of going back and forth. Should I move? Should I go? Should I move? Should I go? And, you know, I'm watching my girlfriend just going through this. Should I move or should I go? And she finally resolved. You know, it's like you finally resolve. I'm going to move. I'm going to put my house in the market. And in that resolve, you know what to do next, right? Like, so it's like first and foremost, you have to resolve and you have to make a decision. And then you have to take an immediate action. Because if you make a decision and that decision lacks movement, that decision lacks action, you will always ask another question to create uncertainty and doubt again. Yeah. So I think it's yeah, it's just a good reminder of knowing that that doubt lives in, in indecisiveness. It lives in, in not resolving what comes next. But the thing about it is that once you resolve and you're going down that path and you start to create momentum by taking action, guess what? There's always a new decision that has to be made. So, you know, for example, like my friend, she put her house on the market. She made that decision. And then a challenge comes in, right? Like, oh my gosh, I don't know where I'm going to go. I don't know. Should I buy something new? Should I build? Should I move to the lake? Should I do this? Right? And then now it's a new question. And in asking a new question, now again, uncertainty comes in. And so you have to really develop that decision-making skill over and over again because there's always new decisions to be made. And the longer you wait in I don't know and you don't make a decision, you will go back into doubt.
0: Okay, so, so then what's the way to break out of this, all right? Let's say that you're, you are faced with a major decision, okay, to, uh, I don't know, to, to start, to launch a Facebook campaign to grow your business, mm-hmm. to invest with a mentor, to invest with a coach, to uh roll out a new program, right? These are things, these are the kinds of things that paralyze people. These are the kinds of things that people stay stuck on. So how do you first of all, if the first step is to resolve and decide, right? And then you go into action, right? How do you make that decision?
1: Yes, it's such a great great question. So there's so many great strategies actually for making decisions, but let's just take it down to the, to the core basic thing. And before you can make any kind of decision, you have to get in an emotional state of resourcefulness, right? You cannot make a decision from, I don't know. I just don't know. I could do this. I could do that. I'm so confused. I just don't know what the best answer is. There's like no resourcefulness in this, and you will always feel like crap, right? So you can't make a decision from an unresourceful or doubting state. So you have to generate a resourceful state. You have to put yourself in a resourceful state, you know, um, that old like saying, like fake it till you make it is, you know, there's a little bit of truth to that. Like, I know, like, I'm not saying that you want to go inauthentic and, and, um, if, if it doesn't feel right for you, but I do think that you can get yourself in an authentic state of resourcefulness by just focusing in number one on what is it that you really want right? Like what is it that you really want? And if you're clear about the outcome and you ask yourself, how do I need to feel right now? Who do I need to be right now to make this decision? It's asking a good question that can get yourself more resourceful. And really in in all doubt, Ask yourself even, what do I have to be confident right, about right now? Like Get yourself in a place where you're focusing in on a time in the past where you're able to be resourceful, where you're able to be decisive, where you made a decision and it worked out in your best interest. So number one, know your outcome. Ask yourself, what outcome am I trying to achieve right now? And then number two, what emotional state do I need to be in in order to make these decisions? And it will never happen from a place of downward movement. So downward movement is like, if you're kind of like, you know, you see your kids doing homework, they're like slumping down over their desk, their hands, and you know, and everything is kind of down. Like, I just don't know, you know and everything is a downward moment. The quickest way to change your state is always going to be by moving your body into something that's more resourceful. And if you think of a time where you have been resourceful, you think of a time where you made a decision, a time where you kicked butt and you were really proud of something that you did, I guarantee you were you had bigness in your in your physiology and your movement.
0: So, all right, just to recap. So when you have to make this decision, you start by asking, what's my outcome? And I think that's something that most people don't do. You Mm -hmm. know, where are you trying to get to? And this happens a lot with, um, you know, people because we're exposed to lots of different marketing. And sometimes we see marketing and the marketing like catches our eye where it's like, oh, you need to invest in, I don't know, this new Facebook messenger bot or this new piece of software or this new incredible funnel software or whatever it is. And it can, it can kind of catch you up in the moment and you can go, well, wow, well, I want this. This sounds really cool. But you need to take a step back and say, okay, well, how does this fit into the life and the business that I'm trying to create? What is your outcome? How much do you want to be making? What do you want your day-to-day life to look like? What kind of contribution do you want to be making in the world? And once you know these things, then you can begin to make intelligent choices about whether or not something you're thinking about doing is more or less likely to get you there. So yeah. you figure out what the outcome is then you get yourself in a resourceful state because when you're feeling shitty, you make bad decisions. When you're afraid, you make bad decisions. When you're feeling like lazy and feeling sorry for yourself, you just, you make bad decisions. So I love that. I love that. It's like, okay, no, take a second, you know, stand up, walk tall, put your feet on the ground, you know, summon some strength and make that decision from a resourceful place. I love that. Yeah. It. yeah. Um, and I think that's such a key distinction. I want to just take a second and spend some time with it because as I'm thinking about this, let's say that you've summoned up the guts to set a big outcome for yourself, right? Like let's say you've said to, for yourself, this is the year that I want to make half a million dollars in my business. Or mm-hmm. this is the year that I want to make $100,000 in the business. Whatever it is, it's a goal that's a stretch goal for you. Mm-hmm. And you've summoned up enough courage to go, okay, you know what? That's my goal. Yeah, that's awesome. But if you're in an unresourceful state, that goal is going to make you nervous because it's going to make you feel like, oh, my God, I can't get there. I'll never get there. <laughs> And, and, and it's going to actually have the opposite effect of, of, of what you want it to have yes, because the more you think about true. that goal, the, yeah, the more you think about the goal, the more you're going to feel like, oh, my God, I'm never going to get there. And then that's going to cause you to make really terrible decisions um, like not launching that Facebook campaign or not signing up for that coaching program if you feel like that person's really a fit to work with you. It's going to put you in an unresourceful state so that you're making decisions from this really small place. I I just think that's huge.
1: And you know what I love about what you said, too, is that not deciding is actually a decision, right? Like what you just said, like you decide not to launch that, you you know, you don't launch that Facebook, you know, campaign, or you uh, don't hire that mentor, or you don't, you know, do whatever. That's actually deciding, right? Like, but you're just being stopped is deciding, Right. That's one of the things that you have to get. And I'd like to even backtrack towards that outcome because I know that this is something that is so important to us on our team. And sometimes the first outcome that you reach is not the final outcome. You know, I was talking to one of our uh, clients yesterday, I believe I was coaching them and they have this outcome. They're like my outcome is I want to hire a, a sales manager. You know, I want, I, I, I need a sales manager or I need, I need someone to, um, I, I need a salesperson. And I, I looked at her, I said, really, is that your outcome? And she's, and she's like, yeah, I, I need, I, I need a sales manager. I need, I need a sales team. I'm like, okay. I said, that's a great start. I said, but that's not your outcome. I imagine your outcome looks something more like this to hire a phenomenal sales member who closes between 15 and 25% who you love to work with that follows your policies and procedures and represents your company in a magnificent congruent way. And she's like, oh my God, that is what I want.
0: Do you guys see real quick that that is going to take you to a completely different place than just saying, I need to hire a sales manager? Do you understand? If you go, I'm going to hire a sales manager, you're going to hire you know, the first person who shows up. But if you have that clear of a vision for the kind of person that you want, you are infinitely more likely to draw that person into your business. And I'll tell you, hiring the wrong person, especially for a big position like sales manager, is going to take years to fix that mistake. Believe me, it is.
1: Yeah. So it's, it, even when you're making your outcome or if you're doing something big like that is, is actually write it down and look at it and go, is that what I really want? And what else do I really want? No, what's my real outcome? What do I really want to achieve? And always stick at that. If, especially if it's something big, you, you know, and keep going at it. And then when you look at it and it lights you up now, you know, now, yeah, you I know, I'm on the right
0: path I ask myself always for everything we do is what is the best outcome that I can imagine. So like, just like you said, if you're, if it's like, I want to buy a house, I want to move to California. Okay, cool. What does that house look like? Exactly. Where is it going to be? Mm-hmm. How, you know what I mean? What's it? What's the I'm square? Right. How many bedrooms is it? does it need to have its own private beach or whatever, whatever the standards are. But, but thinking that way, thinking big, thinking in terms of what is the best possible outcome has caused me to make the best decisions that I've ever made. I mean, honestly, if I look back at the really, really big wins that we've had in this business and in this company, it's because we aimed really, really, really high, understanding that we were going you know, to fail a good amount trying to get there, but never stopping believing that that, that, that outcome was possible.
1: That's always been your strategy. I think one of your gifts, Russ, is that like, you're just a very big thinker when it comes to that. In fact, for most people, I think if they were to create goals like you, they'd get more scared. (laughs) (laughs) You have to know thyself a little bit, you know, for some people, it's like, I want to imagine the Biggest, boldest, you know, goal, and that's where I want to. I want to go, and for someone like you, that drives you forward. And every time there's a challenge, um, you don't get discouraged by it. It's just like, oh, okay, so let's just keep going in the direction that we're going. Like, what's next? You know, and you, you keep moving. But what you said, you know, a few minutes ago, there are other people that think, okay, I want to be one of those people that do big, bold outcomes. And it actually is not in alignment with who they really are. And then what happens is they pull this big, bold outcome, and then they go, they get down on themselves. And like you said, it's like then their state actually, you know, constricts and it doesn't serve them as much. So I do believe you want to, you want to know yourself. And so when I'm working with someone about, really deciding what those outcomes should be is check in, you know, if you set a goal and it feels good and it lights you up and you know, you're kind of living on the edge where it's a little bit scary, but then you go, I can do this for most people. That's, that's the, that's where you want to live within where it feels like a stretch, but you have the belief to withhold that outcome. Yeah. But if you do this really big goal and yet your belief isn't there to, 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 to be your, to caress you through <laughs> any kind of upset, to like hold you through that, then what might work for you is to, to either chunk that big goal into something a little bit smaller as a milestone first, so that you can bring up your, your belief that you can do it. So for you, you've always said, listen, we're going to get to 10, 10 million dollars a year, right? Like that's always been this, like, that's, that's it. That's, that's the next thing. Even when you, you were saying that, even when you were at a million dollars, I bet, you know, Mm -hmm. that was your thing for some people that would have been like, no, I I can't do that. (sighs) And for others, you know, it'd be more like, okay, you know what? My first goal, I want to be at 500,000. And that feels good. And then they can start thinking bigger.
0: So Right. I well the thing a- that I want to point out is that it actually becomes self-reinforcing. Exactly. Right? That's the thing that you guys need to understand is that you set a goal that's a stretch goal, right? That's outside mm-hmm. your comfort zone. Not so far outside your comfort zone that it's impossible. Like I'm not sitting here setting goals like, oh, I want to be the heavyweight boxing champion of the world. I'm 38. That's not gonna happen. <laughs> um but you do want to be setting goals that are a stretch for you. A goals that require you to push yourself. To to the next level, a goal that requires you to expand your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And the more that you do that, the more your awareness, of your own power begins to expand and expand and expand. Where now I have all these references where I can look back on all the stuff that I've achieved and all the times that this has worked. And then now when I set a new goal, that's nuts, an insane goal to normal people. Like we want to do, you know, $100 million in our business. You know, if, if I had tried, if Russ had tried to set that goal five years ago, I would have melted down. There's no way. But now that I can look back and have all these references and and we've got all this stuff that's working, I can sit there and set a goal like that because now it seems reasonable to me. Mm -hmm. It doesn't seem crazy anymore.
1: Well, and what I love is now that it's reasonable because you have that skill set and that muscle of making decisions and taking action and accomplishing it. So now for you, when you set a goal, you actually don't think about the how yet. Right? Like, Like the how will come later. The thing is, first you resolve, you have the belief that, you know, that can withhold that kind of outcome. And then it's like, okay, what's next? Mm -hmm. You know, what is the action we have to set in motion to start moving towards it? And it's not something at all that's, like, you're not kind of figuring out first, Oh well, this has to fall into place. This has to fall in place. This, has, and then I'll have this goal. It's like you're just bold and speak it into existence, you know. And that comes. From- I mean, I don't,
0: I don't know any other. I don't know any other way to do it. I mean, that's, you know. I mean, and there's an element I think of 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 craziness. I mean, for lack of a better word, there's this element of craziness that you see in ultra successful people. Um, not just now, but throughout all of history. I mean, you know, you look at Alexander the Great, he was like 20 or something and he was like, I'm going to go conquer the whole world. And everyone was like, cool, let's go. And then he went out and he did it. And by the time he was like 26, he had conquered, all, I mean, almost the entire world at that point. And it's just like, and, you know, and I would think about that when I was 26 and I was bartending and just like, dude, what have I done? <laughs> what, what have <laughs> I done? You know, like, oh, really? You know, this guy, I mean, what we have, have I done? You know, yeah. he didn't have the internet. He didn't have, you know, he didn't, like, <laughs> Um, but you know, but what I'm, what I'm trying to say is that ultra successful people set goals that are a little bit irrational. They set goals that, that a normal person might say, this is crazy, but they find the strength within themselves to pursue that goal, even in the face of setbacks, even in the face of challenges. And even, even if it looks, you know, daunting and I don't know what the word for this is. Maybe it's boldness. Maybe it's, it's something. But there's this little element of craziness where it's like, yes, you're going to set a goal, but you're setting goals that are just, you know, and and that's why you keep them to yourself a little bit. You know, a lot of people say, well, you should have an accountability partner. You should, you should tell everybody your goals. You should tell everybody what you're doing in the beginning. I don't really think that's true. I think in the beginning you should keep this shit secret because other people will say, Hey, look, is this a good idea? You know, Mm. back, back in 2011 when I quit my bartending job to start, um, you know, the business that would eventually kind of blossom into clients on demand. I quit my bartending job. I didn't tell my dad for like six months. <laughs> and we would, seriously, I just, I just, I lied. I lied. And I, the thing is, like, I never lied. Like, I have a fantastic relationship with my I, dad.
1: Your dad are tight. Yeah. Right. Me
0: and my dad are tight. I lied to him like once my whole life. I got spanked. Didn't do it again. Um. <laughs> but, uh, you know, yeah, he, he, you know, he spanked me. I was uh, probably 19 years old. And uh, no, I guess. <laughs> I went in the street when I was, like, four, and I, got, yeah. I lied about it, and I got spanked. Anyway, that's a whole other story. I
1: can see Mr. Rafino doing that.
0: Yes. My dad can be very scary. Um, he's way scarier than me. But the point is that, you know, I, I, when I quit my job, I knew what he was going to say. And, the, the, you know, I knew he was going to say, "Russell, are you sure this is a good decision? Are you sure this is the right move? Are you sure you can do this? And I knew that hearing it from someone I respected that much will create, like, massive doubt in me. And that's why I didn't tell him. It wasn't because I didn't want it to know. It wasn't because I didn't want to share it with him. It's just because I knew that if I heard him say, Russ, I'm not sure you can do this, I would start to think, oh, shit, I made a big, big, big mistake. And so for six months, I didn't tell him. And I think I didn't tell him until I did, like, a little launch, and I think the launch brought in, like, 30 grand or something like that. And then I went and told him, hey, Dad, look, I quit my bartending job six months ago, but – you know, I have $40,000 in the bank, which is more than I've ever had before at any point in my life. And then at that point he sort of began to understand and he was like, okay, I hope you know what, you-. even then he said, I hope you know what you're doing, <laughs> you know. I
1: love this share actually. This is so perfect because this, this actually comes up a lot for, for our clients and you have to know. Who to share with. And your dad could not be any more supportive of a human mm-hmm. being, right? So even the people that love you the most, right? The end of the day, they want what's best for you. They want to, they do want to champion you. And at the same time, they're cautious for you because they're looking through the world. They're looking at you. You're they're looking at your decisions through their own life experience and their own belief, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's, it's normal for them to say,
0: are you sure about that? Right. And, right, And the other thing too, is they're looking at it at, they're looking at it through their belief at that moment. So yeah. this is something that this is, this is also really interesting, right? When I quit my bartending job, I was, I think 31 years old. I had just turned 31. Okay. You know, let's go back in time. When my dad was 30, he was an insurance agent and he was working for Prudential. And he decided to leave Prudential and go and start his own agency. He got a bunch of credit cards. He said, Screw it, I'm gonna go out there, I'm gonna try to do this on my own. And if you know it doesn't work out, I'll file for bankruptcy and everything will be fine, whatever. And it worked great. You know, that's the reason he's you know he's a successful guy. And so I'm sitting there thinking to myself, my dad now in his sixties is probably going to be, you know, more conservative. He's going to say, Russ, you know, don't take a big risk, whatever. But I kept telling myself, you know what, Russ, if you went back in time and you talked to your dad, when he was your age, he would say, do it, you know, go for That's it.
1: That's a good point. Y- life you know, stages. life stages plays a big role. And that, you know, what stage of life you are in is a different type of decision. You know, someone who has a couple of kids and they're taking this big leap of faith, they're going to have, based on their life cycle, a different set of feelings around it and responsibilities and considerations from making a big leap like that than someone who is 30 maybe and not have kids yet or, you know, any of those kind of things because they're taking, like you said, where they are right now in their life and their in their view it's just a natural thing you know we do the same thing with our kids you know like you're you know baby russell's going to be on top of he's already like a, a brave smart kid but like you're going to take him to the to the playground and he's going to be on the very top rung of the monkey bars and i can just see that kid trying to fly off and land and he's like i got this and you're like <laughs> no to want to protect the ones that you love. It's just a natural thing. So you do have to be very choosy when you decide to go for something big and bold and exciting on who you share it with, or even your request of how you share it. You know, because if you're making a big decision, like, you know what, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to do something online or whatever. And you tell your loved ones, you actually have to Make a request and ask them on how you let them know how you want them to support you. Because the easy thing to do is like, I don't know, like you're really smart, but I'm just really nervous for you. Instead, you say, listen, I've made this decision. I have this outcome to create this online business and I really need your support. So what I need from you is to tell me nothing but positive things for the next three months. Can you please do that for me? And most of the time people will say yes, but you have to be smart enough to request the kind of support that you need.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or
1: keep it close at heart. (laughs) Right.
0: But even if, but the thing is guys, even if you do tell people, right, you like none of the stuff that we're telling you is going to work without your own internal sense of certainty. Like you have got to believe, you know, and, and, and whatever that, and the thing is like when I, when I talk about belief, I've 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 read a, you know I, I read books all the time by people that are ultra successful right. So I'm constantly trying to figure out and sort of like reverse engineer how they think. Now some ultra successful people are deeply 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 religious. They believe that God has put them here for a purpose. They believe that they have a destiny. That they 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 believe in fate. They believe that everything in the universe is on their side, making things work for them. And if they go out there and if they venture forth, they will find success. That's an incredibly powerful belief system to have. I've also talked to people that are like total atheists that don't believe in God at all. That are like, you know, hey, you, you know, they're just just 100% atheists, but they still have that belief because their 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 way of looking at it is this. You know what? I was put on this earth. I have seventy to ninety to maybe a hundred years to live, and that's it. So why not go for it? One one day I'm gonna die, and everyone is gonna die, and so. What am I going to do? Sit here and and work a job that I hate for the rest of my life, or am I gonna am I gonna take a shot? And well, that out. belief gives them tremendous energy to go forward and do it because you look it around and it's like if all these other people can do it, why can't I? Mm-hmm. So whatever that is for you, you've got to fit that into sort of you know the matrix of of what you believe about yourself, about the world, about God, about success, about all these things. And if you can begin to create beliefs in yourself that reinforce that that are What's the best way to say this? If you can create beliefs in yourself that are more likely to fuel you and sustain you as you go after that outcome, you're going to be much better off than if you have beliefs that are contrary to that outcome. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: The one consistent thing and that like you said is is that belief. And mm-hmm. some people take that belief into external, you know, external forces, you, you know, and others Like I said, I believe in myself. I believe in my ability. I believe in my ability to take action. I know I won't stop till I make it happen. But either way, it's a belief set up, a belief system that will allow you to move forward. And like I said, there's always going to be challenges. There's always going to be um, bumps in the road. There's always going to be obstacles. And the key is, is as soon as you feel that obstacle and as soon as that it's in front of you you have to go back and decide you know you have to get reassociated to your outcome you have to decide what do I want to do with this outcome now? what do I want to do with it? What's the next decision I have to make so that I can keep in action?
0: yeah and look I've been telling everybody lately um, in our Millionaire Alliance to read this book um, called Principles by a guy named Ray Dalio mm-hmm. you know if you don't know who Ray Dalio is he's the head of a uh, hedge fund called Bridgewater uh, Bridgewater Bridgewater. Bridgewater. It's the number one hedge fund um, out there. It's like the highest earning hedge fund in history. He's one of the richest people in the world. And a few years ago, he realized that he's got this, these, these principles that he uses to make decisions. And, and, and we're talking about exactly the kind of stuff that we're talking about today. How do you set goals? How do you achieve them? Uh, how do you deal with setbacks? How do you deal with challenges? And he has these mental systems and processes for doing that and doing it consistently. And so a few years ago, he put them online just for free on his website. And then what he's done now is he went back and refined them into a book, and then the book just came out like in book form. You can get it on Amazon. Um, but, but the way that he thinks is his focus is on his own evolution. And he believes that the way to, to evolve rapidly, right, that every organism on the planet is here to evolve. We're here to get better. So the way to evolve rapidly is to set goals that are a bit outside your comfort zone, just like Jane, Jane thought. And, and, and you're going you're gonna to go and you're going you're gonna to make progress toward that goal, right? Right. And what's going to happen is on the way to the goal, you're going to hit a setback. And when you hit a setback, you stop and you learn and you adjust your approach and then you keep going. Hmm. And so success isn't like this straight line from A to B. Success looks like this. It's going up and up and up and then down and then up and then down and then up. But the point is you're constantly evolving. And when I read what he wrote, it was, it had a really profound effect on me. And I, and I first read this a few years ago because when I would run into a challenge, I would start to tell myself a story about that challenge. Oh, man, maybe this isn't meant to be. Mm. Maybe this is a sign that we're not supposed to do this. Maybe this is a big red flag that, hey, we shouldn't be going this way. And I would stay stuck there. And that would cause me to hesitate. And that would throw me into indecision where I was so sure about the outcome that I wanted. And then the first time we hit a setback, it's like, oh, God, you know, this is really this is going to be tougher than I thought. Um, And what I realized is that everything worth doing is tough. And every time you set a goal for yourself, you're going to run into snags. But every problem is a potential improvement that's screaming for attention. And so now we set these big lofty goals. We try to, you know, we do we do everything we can to move in that direction. When we hit a snag, we stop, we figure out what went wrong, we figure out what we need to learn, we integrate that into what we're doing, and then we keep moving forward. Yeah. And so once we really started doing that as a company, now when we hit a speed bump or whatever, like we don't melt down the way that maybe like I used to or we used to because we look at it as just part of the process. And, in fact, it's probably the reason we're here. Overcoming those challenges is the reason we're here, not just for us but for our clients too. Um, And so one of the things, guys, that can really speed up your process is to find someone, you know, going all the way back to the beginning of the conversation. We first talked about knowing your outcome. Once you know your outcome, once you know you want what you want, a great question to ask yourself is who else has achieved this? Mm. Who else is helping other people achieve this? Who else has a system for achieving this? And those are the people that you should work with and mentor with and listen to so that they can tell you how they got there. So it's not just about finding someone who has a bunch of money. It's about finding somebody who has the outcomes that you want who is helping other people achieve those same outcomes and who can explain to you step-by-step exactly how they got there. And then when you find those people, those are the people that you can really learn from because they're going to say, Hey, do this and this and this and this, and you're going to get where you want to go. Otherwise it's trial and error. And instead of looking like this, where you're ascending and evolving very, very quickly, it's going to look more like this where you're like barely moving. And then eventually you give up.
1: I love that. Yeah, everyone should go get that. I love when you shared that with us a couple... I think it was probably two years ago. Um,
0: Brent- it's a dry book. It's hard to get through. It's not... I mean, I'm telling you, it's not like, you know, the most exciting thing you're ever going to read. But if you really understand it, what he's doing is saying, hey, look, I'm a billionaire. I'm one of the most successful human beings who've ever, who's ever lived. This is how I think. Mm-hmm. And that insight into the, the inner workings of this guy's brain and how he thinks is, like, invaluable. Even if there's some of it that resonates with you or doesn't resonate with you, it's so rare that someone really breaks down exactly how they think. I mean, it's like if, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, Muhammad Ali was like, this is how I think about boxing. This is how I think about moving. This is how I think about throwing jabs. This is how I think about, and you wanted to be a boxer. Wouldn't you study that? You know what I mean? It's like, so this is a guy that's just laid out. This is how I make decisions in my life. This is how I make decisions in my business. This is all of our principles by which we run and built this incredible company. Um, and it's uh, it's an amazing thing. So you guys should check it out. Yeah, oh, man. All right, we covered a lot today.
1: <laughs> I know. It, it always opens up to way more than we, you know. We're just like it Let's always
0: it. does. And I think <laughs> I think what we, we what we really ought to do, JJ, is I think we gotta we should circle back and do another show about um, about beliefs. You know, since we talked about that, yeah, you know, it's about knowing your outcome. It's about getting in a resourceful state, making that decision, and taking action to go toward it. That's I think right we right. could go a little deeper into how do you create a belief set that actually gives you the juice to go out there and do that because so many people don't believe they can do it. And and it's like, you know, I always I was used to hear that when I was younger. Well, you know, you've got to change your beliefs. You've got to like, you know, create empowering beliefs. It's like, look, I believe what I believe. This cup is on this table because I can see it. Therefore I believe the cup is on the table. So how the hell do I go out there and create empowering beliefs? I think we should definitely do a show about that. And then I think we should definitely do one about overcoming challenges too.
1: Yeah. So it yeah, goes on the
0: calendar. Yeah. All right, guys, that's it for us today. Listen, if you're interested in working together, if you're stuck, if you've been stuck in paralysis or anything like that, you need help moving forward. If you want to build a business that works, that creates a major, major difference in the world, but that also lets you hit your income goals and create the kind of freedom that you want, reach out and talk to us. Head over to russrufino.com forward slash apply. Book yourself an appointment. We'll get on the phone for about 45 minutes. We'll talk about exactly what's working in your business, what's not working, and what we can do to get you over some of those hurdles um, and follow the same path that our clients have followed, which has allowed them to build these incredible five- and six-figure monthly businesses that are just crushing it and, and giving them all the income and freedom and contribution that they want. So, guys, that's it for us today. Jane, thank you so much. You're such a rock star. It's awesome to have you on the show. And, guys, we will catch you later. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in to today's show. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you're a fit to work with clients on demand, here's what to do next. Head to clientsondemand.com forward slash apply and book an appointment to speak to our team. Here's how it works. We'll get on the phone for about 45 minutes and we'll get you crystal clear on three things. Number one, the exact price you should be charging. Number two, the exact target audience you should be going after. And number three, the exact strategy you should be using to reach them. Remember, scaling your coaching or service business doesn't happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. We've helped clients all over the world scale their businesses to six and seven figures while enjoying their lives and making the world a better place along the way. To see if we can help you do the same, head to clientsondemand.com forward slash apply. I'm Russ Rafino and we'll talk soon.